0: Hi, and welcome to the I Believe Your Abuse podcast, where we talk all things narcissistic abuse. I'm your host, Brandi Fuller Anderson. I am a counselor, coach, author, and advocate working to educate and spread awareness about narcissistic abuse, hoping to slow the devastation caused by these heartless, slimy fucking losers. Narcissists come in all forms. They're male and female, straight or gay, married or single, parents and not. But know that I speak from my personal stories, so I refer to the narcissist as a he. In today's discussion, I'll refer to the narcissistic parent as a he. But this is for ease of storytelling and for consistency. Just know that mothers are narcissistic as well, and there are all sorts of family dynamics that include at least one narcissistic person, so enter whatever title or pronoun is most fitting for you. Also, keep in mind that not all narcs are the same, and what I mean when I say that is they're still individual people. Very common narcissistic behaviors, such as their coping mechanisms and defenses, triggers from shame, lack of object constancy, decreased or absent empathy, those are all similar, and they basically dictate all of the behavior that you start to notice with a narc, which is why you can find comfort in the stories that other survivors have to tell, because they all sound so similar. But although those defense strategies, fragmented thinking, and selfish behaviors are universally pathetic, narcissists can still exhibit those things in different ways, and it's important to understand the disorder, to put into perspective your particular narc partner's thoughts and behaviors. This is likely what you did when you were figuring out what was wrong in your relationship, how you got here. There are subtypes of Narcissistic Personality Disorder that further break down some of the differences that can be seen from one narc to the next, at least with the diagnostic system that I use. To give you an example of what I mean, some narcs are physically abusive and some are not. Some narcissists like the power and control of being the head of a company or in being very successful, while others... Exhaust dozens of minimum wage jobs in a year, unable to maintain any type of steady employment. Some malignant narcissists with overlapping antisocial traits may obtain some sort of pleasure out of hurting you or making you miserable. While for the majority of narcissists, it's not actually true. It just appears that way. While behaviors like these seem to put narcissists into drastically different categories, all of those same narcissists will still have similar black and white thinking, circular conversations, selfish nature, and lack of empathy. They still place people on a hierarchy and are status conscious, are triggered by any shame, Use tactics such as projection, blame shifting, and word salads to gaslight people. And can switch from liking you to hating you at the drop of a hat. All of their relationships are conditional. These very important things are what enable us to identify a narcissist in our life, no matter how different they are in other areas. And as we have learned to understand and make sense of each of these despicable behaviors from the narc that we have in our lives, we've had to separate our perceived fantasy from the reality of what was happening and have had to accept the downright fucking cruel truth that the partner we doted over and fantasized about never loved us true love isn't conditional we know this And we know that narcissists only connect with others on a superficial level and never unconditionally. We know this. These qualities prevent them from ever loving anyone and this means they never loved us. It was maybe the hardest pill we swallowed during this process, but also the most necessary. Because without that magic pill, We cannot begin to heal. So we swallow it and begin the healing process. It's rough. But we aren't the only ones in the narcissist's life, are we? What about their children? I mean, who doesn't just melt when they think of their children? We would die for our children. Imagining anything else or anything different is unfathomable. To us... So just a warning that some of you may be triggered by content on today's show when we drive down twisted and confusing ins and outs of a narcissistic relationship and dive into the commonly asked question, does the narcissist love his children? A narcissist as a parent. If you've experienced it, then just hearing it you're thinking, what a nightmare. If you're one of the ones out there who have now realized that you're being abused but justify not leaving by saying things like, I'm staying for the children, then hopefully this episode will help you to see the error of your ways. Nobody leaves a relationship with a narcissist unscathed. No one. And this includes children. And children are more vulnerable, unable to choose the abuse or choose to walk away from it, are incredibly susceptible to the incessant mind-fucking that starts happening upon their ability to speak and understand, are powerless to question it, lack the maturity to grasp and understand it, and are at their most delicate time of development when everything about who they are, how they see themselves, how they relate to others, And how they cope for the rest of their lives is all being determined and this is not the start to life that they would choose for themselves. Guaranteed. You might not be able to walk into a home and observe narcissistic behavior going on. Much of what happens in any narcissistic relationship happens only in the minds of those involved. It can easily be hidden from house guests, bystanders, friends, co-workers, teachers. It is often hidden even from family members or anyone who may be oblivious to the interactions they are witnessing around the affected family members. For many healthy individuals, if a behavior isn't something fathomable or even something that you commonly hear about or speak about, It simply doesn't exist. You probably already know this, if you've tried to confide in someone about your abuse and felt the need to convince them to believe you. But for those who are now keen to the game of these assholes, you're more hypervigilant and you may pick up on what others miss. Because if you walk into a home with a narcissistic parent, the vibe is definitely different. You may not be able to figure out what's hidden, but you sense that something is. There's a lot of secrecy in a house like this. Most things are done discreetly, including conversations, many of which take place behind closed doors. While a narcissistic parent may put on a smiling face and fun guy routine for any house guests, He usually has many antiquated rules in place. Rules like, Children should only speak when spoken to, or, Do as I say, not as I do. Test him, and these ridiculous rules will come flying out, even if this has never been previously been agreed on. Remember, the mood of every moment with a narcissist changes based on the narcissist's needs in that moment. In this house, Someone must be blamed for everything. And that someone is never the narcissist. Consider how these disturbing behaviors might have an impact on an impressionable child. Keep in mind, children need to feel safe. They need to feel heard. And they need freedom to make mistakes and learn from them, as this is how they mature. They need to know that they're loved, even when they make a mistake. They need consistency. Because the narcissist lacks whole-object relations, he has only two categories he keeps people in. And those categories are perfect and worthless. There's no in-between. You and everyone else must be in one or the other. He simply doesn't possess the ability to integrate the way he sees people in any healthy way. And for this reason, the narcissist parent will be super critical of the children. There will be no room for error because if they err, they will be seen as completely worthless and there's just no way around it. Imagine the complex this gives young children who are not allowed to be less than perfect. At least, not if they want to be loved, accepted, wanted, or simply free of verbal abuse and emotional disengagement. Some children may adopt the sole purpose of trying to please their NARC parent in search of this love and acceptance that they're so desperate for. A love that doesn't truly exist. So they're on a mission that will, in the end, confirm their fears that they are failures. Many will never feel good enough. Their self-worth will take such a beating that they'll develop their own mental health issues. Fail to learn to maintain stable relationships of their own. Become overachievers who lack the ability to rest or go easy on themselves. And some may commit suicide. At the very least, most will need years of therapy to work through what happened and relearn that it's okay to grow and learn from mistakes, that they are mixtures of both good and not so good qualities, as are the rest of us, so that they can love themselves, just like the partner of the narcissist will have to do. The narcissist is prone to unpredictable outbursts in the home with his children just as he is with you. Because he's easily triggered and quick to guard his shaky self-esteem, his mood can change in a split second, shocking children who feel safe one minute and are jolted into a fight or flight response the next. Since the narcissist sees other people as objects, rather than as whole other entities with feelings and needs. He only wants to parent when it suits his mood or his needs. This is a very inconsistent way of parenting that can be quite confusing for a child of any age. Due to his lack of object constancy out of sight Out of mind applies to most narc relationships, so if you aren't around, he simply isn't thinking of you, as if you don't even exist. This also means that if you've angered the narc, shamed the narc, irritated the narc, or even disappointed the narc, he no longer remembers any positive feelings for you, which explains his hot and cold temperament, his angry outbursts and his totally overboard punishments and insults. The narcissist is a taker, me, me, me. He will spend money selfishly and pay little attention to who has to go without, as long as it isn't him. My husband would empty the bank accounts on who knows what, and when the bills couldn't be paid and our electricity would get turned off, He would find a friend or a relative to take him in, I'm sure with some dumb sob story about what a terrible wife I was. And he would leave me and our children in a dark, hot home without electricity. Only when the issue was fixed would he give me another chance, or beg to come back and drag his pathetic ass home. Everything about how the narc sees the world is self-centered. And he is only able to see how things affect him, not you. You are an object, so you don't matter. And if you are a child, that doesn't change that. He will spend his last dollar on a meal on his way home from work, even if his children cry in hunger that night. It won't faze him at all. Whatever the children get, both materialistically and emotionally, is just table scraps. And because the world revolves around the narcissist at all times, when you attempt to make your world revolve around your children, the narc parent will become very jealous of them. He will put them down often and refuse to allow them to feel pride in something they achieved. He may say things like, you should have done better instead of, hey, great job. Or that could have been amazing if you would have just listened to my advice. Or I could run twice as fast at your age. Sometimes just the right passive aggressive remark to remove the smile from a child's face. If I bought something my son liked to eat when I did the grocery shopping, my husband would throw a temper tantrum when I returned, saying, I only ever bought things for my son and never thought of anybody else and didn't care about anyone else. He always felt the need to put my son in his place. My son didn't walk right. He didn't sit at the table right. He didn't do his chores right. He didn't speak on the phone right. So jealous. Of a child. Children of narcissists aren't allowed to have victories. They aren't permitted to overshadow the narcissist in any way. And they may even develop a defense against being excellent at anything. When they do something well, they don't know how to take credit for it. A narcissistic parent takes credit away from their children all the time. If the child does something great, it must be because the narc parent taught them to, or covered up how bad it really was, or they were graded highly by simple association to the narcissist. This is just part of the constant brainwashing and conditioning that happens between child and narc parent. Children simply aren't allowed to be more than mediocre, unless granted permission by the narc parent. And then usually only because the feat would favor highly upon the narcissist for a job well done. The narc parent will never be happy for a child. He doesn't rejoice in how great or proud the child must feel because he only ever feels joy over an achievement that impacts himself in a positive way. And he will take that credit and that positive attention whenever he can with zero consideration for how his children are being affected. The narc is negative about everything, making it near impossible to ever feel positive about something that you've accomplished anyhow. The narc is... a pathological liar. This will be confusing for children as lying will not be acceptable for them. Although they will be tempted to lie often since they're never quite sure when they're going to get into trouble With the Narc parents' unpredictable moods and outbursts and no clear set of boundaries or expectations, how could they? Behaviors like lying, blaming, and projecting lead to gaslighting in children also, causing anxiety, self-doubt, and confusion over the idea of honesty and integrity. The narcissist lacks empathy Empathy is the ability to put yourself in another person's shoes, see things from their perspective. But the narc parent does not see other people as individuals with emotions, self-serving purposes, needs, or perspectives. The narcissist isn't refusing to see your side of things. He lacks the ability to do so. And this understanding is important because so many victims remain in the abuse with the belief that if they keep trying, if they just keep trying, they can find the right combination of words that will get through to the narc, that will finally get him to understand your perspective, that will finally make him feel bad about what he's done to you, that will make him care about how you feel and what is happening to you. But not only is that a false assumption, it's a dangerous one because that day isn't coming. It isn't in his ability to do so. It isn't gonna happen. Children of narcissists will never feel heard because the narc parent doesn't ever listen to anyone. He never listens because he doesn't really want to know anyone since he doesn't view other people in any realistic way. He will never show any real interest in what someone has to say. His children will feel that disconnect and maybe as if they never fit in because there is never an opening that helps them to get to that deeper, meaningful connection that they're seeking. It's a lonely feeling, missing that sense of bonding Of security and safety? You know this feeling. The narc parent will utilize most conversations as a means of guilt tripping the other person. He likes to bring all talk back to him if he can. And will always try to one-up you. So try to tell him a story, and he will wave it off and tell a better one. At least, his highly fantasized version of a better one. The job of parenthood is not taken seriously either. The narc parent only wants to be a parent when it suits him. He doesn't feel an overwhelming sense of purpose and responsibility. He sees parenthood as it is for him, another tool to acquire narcissistic supply. He will use the tool when he needs it, and tuck it away when he doesn't. And he sees no reason why he should not be able to do this freely. If you co-parent with the narcissist, then you know what it's like to have him come home and play games with the kids for a few minutes before retiring to his room to do something for just himself while you take care of all the responsibilities. The meals, baths, brushing teeth, homework, bedtime routines the narc parent doesn't sign on for better or for worse. And he certainly didn't sign on to any of the disgusting, annoying, or aggravating areas of parenting. Because he lives in the here and now, he isn't seeing an end game like you might be. He isn't thinking about the consequences of how he treats the children now, or ever contemplates what is truly best for them. He operates in ego-preservation mode at all times and never makes considerations for anyone else, including his children. If you have separated from the narc and share children with him, you will likely soon see that once he stopped getting supply from you and the children, he will lose interest in contact with the children. Narcissists who tend towards being in positions of power and like to control and manipulate for fun and not just to satisfy their own shaky self-esteem, and this would be the minority, will sometimes use the children to control you because knowing he's beat you will feed his ego for a while He may also be willing to put the time into brainwashing the children to carry out his own selfish deeds. Adding some extra free supply sources to his dark supply toolbox. And maybe even to use the children as scapegoats. To prove to other influential people in his world that he is in fact the good parent. And you are the bad parent. To prove to them that although the marriage failed, it was in no way to any fault of his own. And solely the fault of your poor parenting and inability to maintain a healthy marriage. If he needs this support, he will be willing to fight hard to beat you in court, even though he likely has zero interest in parenting the children on his own. It isn't about them or what's best for them. It never will be. That will never be a consideration of a narc parent. But if you don't have one of these rare, power-hungry narcissists, yours will likely want nothing more than to run away from all of the harmful truths that you have to tell about him. He will want to run away quickly before you can say or do something that will make him feel the weight of his shame. And he certainly doesn't want to give you enough time to start having a negative effect on his pool of supply by poisoning their minds with unimportant tidbits of information that may cause them to also walk away. This is a risk he's not willing to take. So he'll move on and find new sources of supply, leaving you and your children to fend for yourselves. If you stop offering the narc what he wants, he will simply go find someone else who will offer it. For this reason... There is never a bond there. No sentimental attachment. Sure, once a year or so, he may see his friends celebrating Father's Day and start to get a little jealous that he isn't being praised as well. And will reach out to his children to allow them to shower him with adoration on his special day. But once that day has passed, it's back to out of sight, out of mind. Or maybe if he gets dumped by a new supply and doesn't readily have a backup supply raring to go, he may come dangerously close to a narcissistic collapse. And this is serious and just can't happen. A narcissist cannot regulate his own emotions and can't sit with his own truth. He counts on the fantasy he believes in and relies on the fuel he gets from others so that he can survive. Should his pre-planned game come crashing down around him, he will quickly search his list of backup or possible supplies to fill the position. If this doesn't work, he'll think back to the person he knows always loved him and showered him with unquestionable adoration. His child. And he'll reach back out. He may even try to come around and Bring a fantastically thoughtful $5 gift and play fun guy for an hour or two. Long enough for some hugs and I love you daddies. Just enough to make him feel special and loved again. And then he'll go on his way and you may not hear from him again for months. Not until he again needs some immediate attention and love. It is always about him. Do you think that's love? In the rare moments that the narc doesn't feel angry, disappointed, shamed, or hurt, he may have some positive feelings for his child. He may say supportive things offer to spend time with them, or even share some of his finances or things with them. But these moments are few and far between, and when they come, they don't last long. And the thing is, these moments don't always even happen in the presence of the children. They may come when someone else starts telling stories that make him yearn to feel as wanted and needed and important as those people telling the stories. He needs love and knows where to get it and has no reason to feel irritated by them because they simply aren't there. So when he is reminded of them, he may feel positive. Those feelings will quickly pass though. Unlike you who likely knows all throughout the day that you love your children. You who probably worries about whether or not your kids are okay or whether you are parenting them the best that you can. The narc is never having these thoughts. Once he gets his fix, or no longer yearns for the missing affection, he goes right back to having zero concern for the well-being of his children. Just as the narc parent engages when he has a need for attention from the children, he will just as quickly become cold and withdrawn from the children when he finds them to be a distraction from the things that please him. Or when they reflect poorly on him by having needs being too loud or making a mistake for the scapegoat child he may not only withdraw emotionally but be quick to attack because if he has a bad day or feels bad about himself he must undress from those feelings and he likely does so by projecting them onto that child The scapegoat child rarely understands why they are being yelled at. They simply become numb to it in order to survive. And kids aren't just a great way to get attention and unwavering love. Once the narc realizes he has extra servants in the home, he'll surely take advantage. Bring me this, clean up that. And remember there is no room for error. Since he will use the kids to do his bidding, run his errands and cater to him, if they make a mistake, he will see that mistake as a reflection on him. And this is unacceptable. And while the narc is mostly never thinking of his children when they are out of sight, out of mind, should he be laying on the couch one day and decide he's too tired to get up and go get the remote? He may briefly remember that his children would usually get the remote for him, and he may have a passing feeling of wishing that the child was there. The feeling will pass as quickly as it appeared. Punishments will be confusing because there will be little reason behind it. Depending on the narc's mood, he may take everything the child owns away permanently because the child forgot his homework. He may hand out completely unreasonably harsh punishment for a minor infraction, while ignoring a more major infraction based simply on his mood or on how the infraction impacts his self-esteem. Because of this, Children will be very confused about what the right behavior or answer is, considering there were never any clear directives as to how to do the right thing or how to do the wrong thing, and the punishment never seems to fit the crime. Children experiencing this may be more likely to act out or may be fearful of doing anything. The narc is all about competition which will encourage strong competition in the home, even between siblings and other family members. They do love the art of triangulation. The Narc parent often elects one child to be the scapegoat child, the one determined to have the least value for no discernible reason. He can usually take or leave that child and won't even spend little time trying to teach them, show them off or feign love for them. Because this child has been elected as the one who will bring in the least narcissistic supply. They serve little purpose to the narc. All people are seen as objects to the narcissist and all are used for whatever supply they offer. But remember that supply comes from both negative and positive situations and reactions. The scapegoat child will never make the narcissist parent proud. No matter how amazing that child inherently is, the narc parent won't see it. The scapegoat child will never be seen to have potential. And because the narc parent doesn't value them or show them off, they are not bringing any positive attention to him. He sees them as purely decorative at this point and he needs to find a new use for them. It's like having an accent table in the corner of your room. There may be nothing special you can see about the table because you simply have decided that it it isn't big enough or round enough or tall enough or whatever, but it's there and should serve you in some way or else it's just in the way. So you use it as storage and start to pile clutter laundry garbage on top of it in much the same fashion the narc parent will start to pile family garbage and random shit on top of the scapegoat child that child will be blamed for anything that goes wrong in the household anything that embarrasses the narc parent and must assume all negative qualities the narc doesn't want to look at when glancing in the mirror Most bad moods the narc comes home with will be taken out on the scapegoat child. The scapegoat child will always be sacrificed for the sake of the narcissist and for the sake of the golden child. The golden child is the one who brings positive supply to the narc. But even if it appears to the outside world, and sometimes even to the golden child, that they are in good with the narc, clearly the favorite of the narc, it is also an illusion because the narc parent favors nobody. He simply uses this child for the positive sources of supply rather than the negative supply or a way to empty their shit-filled tank of self-loathing and disdain. This child is constantly working to stay on top and is likely to pick up many narcissistic traits as well. But this child is chasing an unreachable goal because there's no way to win and the end game remains undetermined and constantly changing. Not only will the narc parent always pick a favorite, which will be apparent to everyone, but he will continue to triangulate everyone against each other, causing drama and making sure someone always feels like shit. The golden child will never be encouraged to be an individual only to do what it takes to show off the narc's perceived best qualities and shit on whoever doesn't, namely the scapegoat child or the other parent. The narc is never telling his children that they hold more value than that useless side table. That they aren't more than a pile of clutter and crap. So these children have to learn to say it to themselves. It's how they thicken their own skin. It's how they keep it together. It's how they survive. Children who are starved for their NARC parent's attention may soon realize that in order to get any amount of attention from the NARC parent, they'll need to develop a common interest with the NARC. Because the NARC will make zero effort to do the same. And this is why... Children will take up sports or hobbies that their narc parent idolizes or appreciates in order to feel like they're making him proud. Consequently, the narc parent may push a child into such a hobby or sport because it allows him to show off this child to friends who would be impressed by the child's talent, which the narcissist clearly sees as a reflection on how great he is. This also means that Should the child do poorly at such a sport, the narc parent will blow the mistakes out of proportion and verbally assault and degrade the child publicly, to make it known that it's not the narc who finds subpar ability acceptable. Should the narc make a similar mistake, though? Or fail to be the best at something? You better believe that he'll have an excuse to explain how the mistakes were the fault of someone else. And when the child wins a game or an award, the NARC will quickly take credit for it. Always insinuating there is much room for improvement for the child who is still never allowed to measure up to him. Was all of this clear for you? Imagine how a child might navigate these unspoken rules and guidelines. Of course, it doesn't matter. The children of a NARC parent are not allowed to have any feelings. The feelings of others make a narcissist uncomfortable, and he doesn't care for them and does not encourage them to be shared. Children quickly learn that their opinions do not matter. They often become cold and distant themselves as a defense against the hot and cold temperament they receive from one moment to the next. In the grand scheme of things, children need little in order to flourish and grow. They need safety and security, attachment, affection, a platform to share their emotions and gain an understanding of them, and a safe place to allow for mistakes so that they can learn and grow. They do best when they feel they are accepted and loved unconditionally. Love is constant. It isn't determined by what you're doing in a moment. But rather nestled down in a deep appreciation for who you are as a person. You should be loved just for being who you are. Just for being not for pleasing. It isn't conditional. You shouldn't be able to buy it, bribe it, or guilt for it. It can't be based on a set of rules, whether spoken or not. Follow them and earn love, break them and lose love. It's not meant to be a reward, and taking it away should never be a punishment. While the NARC parent may offer intermittent affection to the children, it is rarely genuine and more about manipulation of behaviors and emotions for a selfish purpose. There's no room for selfishness when it comes to love. Loving someone involves giving and taking without keeping score. Sacrifice is sometimes necessary and never resented. It involves wanting what is best for someone other than yourself. Love involves caring enough to get to know someone on a deeper level, an interpersonal connection that is safe and intimate. Love involves empathy, to which narcissists have none. Rules and punishments are necessary when parenting, but they should also be fair and predictable in order for the children to understand them and learn from them. Object constancy allows parents to punish their children fairly. It contributes to a healthy parent's ability to remember that they love their children, even when the children have angered them. This is what stops parents from raging on their children and hurting them simply because they've made a mistake or disappointed them. When children are punished by a healthy parent, they still feel loved by that parent. Love includes letting go. And if you've ever experienced the Hoover from your narc, you know that he does not care about you or your wishes in the least bit. It is all about him. And one thing I know for sure, if you wanna love someone else, you have to love yourself. And if there is anything that is certain and true about narcissists, it's that they most certainly do not love themselves. The narc parent is incapable of loving his children in any way that would be indicative of a positive, nurturing, and respectful way. Not that would assist with developing a strong, self-confident, secure, and self-assured person. The child's self-worth would be a casualty of this relationship, just like anyone else in a relationship with a narc. The narc parent is unable to maintain positive relationships with anyone. He only connects on a superficial level and he is who he is, no matter the situation, no matter the person. He simply cannot change who he is, nor does he see a reason to. And if the narc is unable to develop healthy, meaningful connections with anyone, connections necessary to develop feelings of love towards someone, then this includes his children. While the narcissist may profess love or show it publicly when what others think is important, actions will always tell another story. Because the narc doesn't know what love would feel like and doesn't understand it, he may temporarily mistake his pleasure with someone for love. For feelings he enjoys, feelings of control, the pleasure of getting his way, or pride when his friends commend him for what a great job he's doing, he may interpret those feelings as love. For a brief time, His children may believe it is love, but they will realize much sooner than the narcissist that what is happening here is not love. If you want more, Connect with us between episodes on Facebook or Instagram at I Believe Your Abuse. You can also visit IBelieveYourAbuse.com for a list of local support groups, resources, and professionals who specialize in narcissistic abuse by just scrolling to your chosen area. You can also find a link to our store and make a purchase to help spread awareness about narcissistic abuse. How many people do you think would read the front of your shirt in a given day? percentage of those people would process what they read maybe tuck those terms away where they could let her be accessed if needed and what percentage would need to see them at that time would look them up become intrigued find answers that maybe they'd been searching for just wearing a shirt with narcissistic terms and facts on it helps to spread awareness around about this type of insidious abuse So stop by and have a look. For more help with recovery and moving forward, pick up a copy of the recovery book, I Believe You, Escaping Understanding and Healing from Narcissistic Abuse. You can find a copy on the website. Until next time, never stop telling your story. I believe you.